you for listening to this message from the North Gate. I'm very thankful to be here today. and to I kept praying all the last week or so since Kurt asked me to come. Lord, what would you like me to say? What do you want me to share? And I brought a bag of things. He didn't tell me I, had to, I could bring anything with me, but the Lord did. And in this bag, as part of my children's inheritance, it's not a bag of money, but it's a bag of treasures that I hope, and there's plenty for all of them. I have six children and 18 grandchildren, number 19 coming soon. Many children that call me mom, that call me nana, that I didn't give birth to, they don't share our name, but they're mine, and um, this bag is full of prayer journals. Little did I know what was going to be the subject today. And as I was reading through them, the Lord led me to a couple of special spots. And I hope someday, as I was going through my mother's things a year or so ago, and my dad, my mom wasn't one to journal, but those of you who met my dad know how much my, my mom loved the Lord too. But my dad left everybody know how much he loved the Lord. And he wrote many things down in his Bibles and in journals that he wanted us to see. And as we were taking books off the shelf and out of drawers and things, we came across those. I have a note in my Bible that my dad, a letter my dad wrote to the Lord. And it inspired me so much. And I thank the Lord for giving me some of those same traits from my dad. And Jimmy, as you said about your hearing your grandma pray in her room, I think my kids can vouch for when I woke up in the morning before they were getting ready for school that I did the same. I hoped that they heard me. I was talking to the Lord, but I hoped that they heard me. The same with my son-in-laws and daughter-in-law, my grandchildren. I want them to have that memory too. That mom, Nana, will never stop praying for them. As long as I'm here and when I'm gone, that that legacy, that that someday they'll see their names here because they're all in here. Neighbor kids. Somebody just talked to me the other night at a restaurant and said, don't forget to let mom builds know. Mm. And she's suffering with cancer right now. But that was her thought about a situation coming up. Please don't forget to let mom builds know. <clears throat> so I just wanted to share a couple of these notes that as I read through the Lord brought to me. In this journal, it was like, Lord, please help Ron and I continue to grow together. 
as our children go apart from us, but keep us all growing together in you. Thank you for what you will do with this day. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you that you're here, even in the quiet, silent concerns of my heart. Please help me to know when to speak and when to be quiet and when to pray and when to let you do the speaking. Lord, you know the needs of each of us. I pray that each one of our children would have a desire to know you. I desire to pray according to your will that my prayers would be worthy, that my life would be an example to others. Forgive my foolish thoughts. I want to be close to you, to be faithful and committed. Lord, I want the devotion and prayer time that I've experienced in the past. Continue, Lord. Please help me to be there. I pray that I might for and help others. I pray for my time as a nana to minister to my grandchildren. For my service as a mom and a wife, I pray that they would all see Jesus. I pray that I would be a faithful friend. And then there's a list of names and things that were going on with different ones. Train and direct your children and your grandchildren into the right path, the path of the Lord. Teach them to follow God's path. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Keep these commandments on and in your heart. Teach them to your children and press them upon them. Bring the children to Jesus. Discipline your children because you love them and want to know them to know right and wrong. Welcome a little child. Welcome Jesus. I have no, this was my verse for my kids. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking with the Lord and in the truth. Yes, yes. And this was one, a note that I got from my daughter, Kim. And she said, Mom, thanks for all the time you spent in prayer for us throughout all the ages and stages of our lives. As little ones to grow up and know Christ and how to deal with the changes of life through dating, marriage, our first years together as a husband and wife, and becoming parents, a mommy and a daddy, I love Isaac. I know he loves his Nana, too. Thanks for all your prayers and help with him. You're the best mom, Nana, in the world. Now I, we go and follow what the Lord has planned for us as a family. I know you will be praying for us, so thank you. Please pray for me that I'll have confidence in myself to do whatever lies ahead. Mommy, you know I lack that, so please pray that I will be okay without being so close to you and their family. I know all will be okay when the time comes, but I'm ready. 
starting to think about it and miss you and daddy. So please pray. I know that we must follow Christ. That's what we're told to do. We pray for that our children will someday be in the work. Someday, when the time has come, and we, we love that that time has come for us. Thank you so much for all your love, your faith, your help, all you've been to me. Please use this for your prayer. That was Mother's Day, 1999. So, like I said, this is their inheritance. This will never go away. Money that I would leave them that I don't have <laughs> would maybe be spent on good things, whatever. But I wanted them to have something that they would always know, would always be with them. I thank the Lord for each one of them. And that's my prayer for each of them, that they would follow the Lord. Leave them? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity and for each of your children in the room. There's some mom somewhere mm -hmm. praying for you, some grandma, some nana yes. Yes. that will continue. Yes. And when I sit back here and watch all these children up here participating, your little one just singing his heart out, it's worth it. It's worth every tear, and the tears continue to come. Last week, I had a call from my 20-year-old grandson. Nana, would you please come? I need you. I need you. I need to talk to you. And we tried. We cried together. We prayed together. My little ones, the little ones I see almost every day, I pray to live to see them grow up. I'm so thankful for the training that they're getting. Thank you for the influences that are in their life, aside from Papa and I. But I just thank God for the privilege that he's given to me. Thank you. Love you, son. Stay up here. What? I'm going to stay up here. Can I get six chairs? Six, five, five over here, and then one for mom over there. I don't think she wants to sit up high like this. I just need one over here, John. Mom, just sit here. Yeah, we're good. Thank you. All right. Did all the kids go to class already? Yeah. What's the age group on that? I don't need mine. I need a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old. All right, I need a 12-year-old girl volunteer who doesn't mind just sitting up here.
Come on down. Don't worry, you don't have to say anything. You just got to sit here. Uh, 13 year old, anybody? 13 year old girl? Girl. Sorry, guys, this is Mother's Day. You don't get to, you don't get to celebrate that day for yourself. 13 year old girl, anybody? Did you just turn 14? Sissy? Anybody close to 13? Come on down. 14. Come on up here. 15. And then our oldest, most mature, 16. Do I have a 16-year-old? Just turn 15. It's okay. God, God can still use you. He said most mature. Right. All right. Whew. All right, you got my verse ready there, Kevin? We'll be in Luke 1, and we'll see where, what God has for us after that. I'm excited. Um, Yeah, let's just dive in. All right, Luke 1, 26. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village of Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of the King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words the angel had bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will be pr become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the ancestors of David's throne. He will reign as king over Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, But how could this happen? I am still a virgin. Gabriel answered, The spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and the Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you. And in a cloud of glory... This is why the child born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your, a your aged aunt, Elizabeth, has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Now one promise from God is not, not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded, saying, this is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I will accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Afterwards, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of, of Judea to the village where Zechariah and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered in the house and greeted Elizabeth. 
At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the the highest favor and privilege above all others. For your child's destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord Come and visit me. The moment you came in my door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. Great favor is upon you, and you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. And Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God. For he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I have been favored and blessed. The mighty one has worked a mighty miracle for me in his holy holy name. Mercy kisses are all God's godly lovers from one generation to the next. Mighty power flows from him to scatter all of those who walk in pride. Powerful princes he tears off their throne. And he lifts up lowly to take their place. Those who hunger for him will always be filled, but smug and self-satisfied will send away empty because he can never forget to show mercy. He has helped his chosen servant Israel, keeping his promise to Abram and descendants forever. That's... All the scripture I had to read today, so a little bit of Christmas, a little bit of Mother's Day, all in one. Um, but what, what I really needed you to hear, that's why I kind of just read it straight through, was God's ability to use and not care so much about age, either side or the other. You know, I, I, I asked my mom when Pastor Jimmy asked me to bring the word for Mother's Day, if she would please just share a piece. Because a mother who's had six children of her own, and what, what are we at for grandchildren? 19? 19 grandchildren. She has a little bit of experience in this department. And I just, I, I, I did not ask her to do anything specific. Matter of fact, I really didn't even ask any question other than yesterday, said, are you ready for tomorrow? I had no clue what she was going to bring. Purposefully. And we talked about this at breakfast the other day, was I so wanted to see how Holy Spirit was going to intertwine and connect what mom had to bring and what God's been laying on my heart this whole time since Passover. So for several weeks, I've had to sit and ponder and, and just think about what God really wants to tell the family. And I'm so, I love when we have guests. But let's be honest, I'm really happy that it's, I look through the room and God bless you if you are a guest, welcome. But I am so thankful that it's mainly just the family in here today. Because I told Pastor Jimmy at breakfast, I really felt, and I, I don't want to come off as arrogant by any means, I really felt that what God was laying on my heart to bring to the family was just another piece of what Bren had already brought. 
And that, that's saying a lot because Apostle sent Bryn to us with this piece for the family. So when I started feeling that, I, I didn't want to have that sense of arrogance, so to speak, because I'm not, I don't want to say I don't measure up, but you know, there's, there's different levels to who comes to the house and who presents the word and who brings it. And being a son of the house, I don't want to, I almost just said something I, I didn't want to, just a son of the house. Because as sons and daughters of the house, we hold just as valuable of a piece as the sent ones from the other arcs, right? And I, I think we need to start seeing value in our, our words and our prayers over the house and over the city and the different things that we actually have a part of that those sons and leaders don't technically, don't really have hands on like we do here. So, so what, what I was getting at by reading the, the story of Mary and Elizabeth, both being mothers, one very young and in the world's eyes, probably not ready to A, carry a child and B, raise a child. And on the other hand, yes, Elizabeth was barren, but she was a very mature woman and her husband was teaching and was a leader and probably had so much religious and influence in so many other ways that she would almost seem like maybe she should have carried the Messiah. Maybe she should have been the one to bring forth the Christ who is going to save the world and die on the cross. But so often we get, inter- we get wrapped up in our thought process of human and what we think should happen. And by all means, that should have happened because he would have been brought up in a home of maturity and all, every other aspect to properly raise a child. But God chose a virgin from 12 to 16 years old to bring the perfect one into the world without impurity. She was pure. She, she, she was the purest thing that you could possibly put something of that purification inside. Nothing had tarnished her. Nothing had hurt her. She was pure. So God chose a pure vessel to put his pure and perfect son inside to carry for nine months, to go through birthing pain, to then raise for 33 years and walk with and then eventually be taught from. So, so, so given the age factor and, and the world's eyes of there's no way a child can bring forth a child. God chose that. So it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with that. But then God chooses the mature one to bring forth the announcement of what's to come. So, so, so when Mary goes to her, to her aunt's, aunt's, right? Her relative, her aunt's house. When the announcement comes into the same atmosphere in the same room as what's to come, it leaps. It leaps. It's full of life, full of joy. She said, my baby leaped with joy, knowing 
What you're carrying came into the same room as what I'm carrying. Yeah, yeah. So before, before John started going into the wilderness and living off of honey and locusts and looking like a wild man, and before Jesus picked 12 who were going to be his disciples, they had mothers that carried them, that nurtured them, that brought forth what they were going to bring forth. Mothers play a very important role. And the reason I picked Luke, I, 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 I mean, obviously it, it's a great depiction, but even in, in the introduction of Luke, uh, um, Dr. Simmons says how, how, defi- how in-depth Luke goes to ser- bring forth the importance of women and their roles as mothers, as nurturers. Yeah. And what they brought forth was the announcement, was the perfect savior, but they had to carry them. They had to carry them. And as I look around, there's many mothers in the room who know what it's like to carry a child. Jess knows what it's like to carry a child. I know what it's like to be with Jess while she's carrying a child. (laughs) It is so beautiful, let me tell you. I love every minute of it. She does not complain whatsoever. She's very happy. And her feet never hurt. Her back never hurts. Nothing makes her sick. <laughs> so we all know how, how beautiful the, the, the molding of a child can be before it's actually brought forth. And I'm glad we can laugh about it because I hope she can laugh when I get home. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so in that, you know, Mary and, and Elizabeth bring forth their children. One goes forward and, and, and paves the way and says, Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. It's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And then Jesus fulfills his prophecy, and he comes. John baptizes him. And the whole time, up until that point, mommy gets to watch baby John or baby Jesus grow and mature. Gets to watch him fall. Gets to watch him skin his knee. Gets to watch him make mistakes. I know Jesus was perfect, but I believe he still made childish mistakes that a mother had to come and correct because he was 100% man and 100% God. So when mommy had to come in and swoop up and patch him up and put him back on his way, From the time he was born to the time he was 33 years old and said, behold, it is time. I must fulfill my, my role. It's time. It's time. A mother had to be okay with what she'd been told her entire life. 
I'm sure she was raised in the prophecies of Isaiah that told her a Messiah will come and he'll die a lonely death, a lowly death. She knew what she was raising up. She knew what his destiny was. And when it was time, she had to stand at the foot of the cross. She had to watch him get nailed to it. She had to watch people mock him. Her heart was filled with motherly love and passion that I could only imagine was saying, please be true. Please come back to me after three days. Please let it be true that my son comes back to me. And in her flesh, and in our flesh, she had her doubts. She had her doubts. Every single one of the disciples who went on to be apostles had their doubts. Christ had to come back. And when he came back, he corrected each one of them. Why? I taught you for how long? You, you knew what was going to happen. Thomas, if you have to stick your hands in the holes to prove that I'm here, go ahead. Go ahead. Humanistic doubt is natural and it's expected. But when we are full of the Holy Spirit and we are full of His witness and we are full of biblical truths, because this is just as much Bible as this right here. I didn't know why I didn't bring a notebook today. I just had... This little tiny scripture to pick out and read to you. Because when the saints finally start putting their journals together, the books of the Bible come alive. New books of the Bible become written. What did every, every, everything my mother stood up here and read sounded like what? A letter to a child. What did the Apostle Paul write? Son, I write you this. Please, please stick with the the doctrines of the apostles' teachings. Please be steadfast. The prayers that an apostle brought forth, I believe, started with the prayers of a mother. The prayers of a mother stewarded and plowed forth the ways how to pray for children. Which was designed specifically by the hand of God. I'm going to pour in to a mother, not only how to carry physically, but how to carry spiritually, how to pray spiritually, how to bring forth direction, how to change the direction. We as parents, we as mature parents who feel like we've lost our children, who feel like they're gone forever, but we still steadfast in some reason we still pray. Come on, come on. It's the same prayer that Mary stood at the foot of the cross and said, 
I know why you're doing what you're doing, but please come back to me. Please come back to me. Because she knew she was given a word. He's coming back. She had to have faith. She had to understand the meaning behind why he was coming back. Because he didn't come back and stick around. He came back, hung out for a little bit, and gone again. That was Mary's purpose as a mother. To bring forth the Messiah. To change the world forever. To instill prayer in apostles. So that one day... Curtis Biltz could preach the word to the North Gate so that one day I could let you feel how a mother felt watching her son die on the cross so you would understand that there's mothers who don't physically get to see their daughters or sons injecting their veins, but they know what's happening. They don't physically get to see a gun being held to their child's head, but they know what's happening. Yet they still pray, come back to me. Come on. Come on, Come back to me. I picked five chairs for a reason. Not only to give you a description of the age God chose to use to bring in his son, but I have five beautiful sisters. Many times I told people when I was being brought up and raised, I had six moms. I had six moms. Because I did. There's 16 years between me and my eldest sister. I had six moms. And each one of them loved me. Loved me. Still here. They're not gone. See, my sister Courtney, she's the youngest. Her job at the moment is to perform ultrasounds on the hearts of little babies. She sees the heart flow. She sees imperfection. She sees purity. She sees vessels working, vessels not working. She works at Akron Children's. She has a heart to see children and their hearts. But she also has a heart for the missions field, which Prophet Mike called out when she came six, seven years ago, six years ago for Coulter's baby dedication. She has a heart for the missions field. So my prayer for Courtney is, Father God, let her see the heart and the purity of your son. Let her see the hearts of little babies. Let her pray healing prayers of those who may not look so good on the inside. Father God, fulfill her destiny and her prayers to go to the mission field and perform medical procedures to look on the inside of those just as she's done here. Then there's my sister Katie, who's here. And if you know Kate, she's got a fighting spirit, man. You get in her face, she's going to jack your jaw. I've watched it. 
and she's got two strong boys that have experienced the love and the depth of a nana and a papa and a mom who says, I'm not going to give up on you even when you give up on yourself. They've felt the love of God. They've had encounters with Holy Spirit. And for Katie, my prayer is, your fighting spirit is not just physical. Your fighting spirit is one of mighty and power and strength to move mountains. Your past doesn't define you. The ability to see things that people don't see and those who people have given up on. The ability to want to love on and pray for those who are lost and seeking hope is one of immatchable strength. It's one that cannot be matched. And for my sister Kim, who's a pastor in New York with her husband, I pray the religious veil be torn off of you. I know you've seen the power of God, and I pray the power of God move through New York, through you and your husband and your children. I come against any division, any division that the name Baptist has come in between. The domination doesn't stand a chance when Jesus is in the middle. I know my sister's heart is pure and she loves Jesus with all her heart. She wants nothing but to see her family come back to God in full force. And for my sister Kelly, You're more than just a parts person who orders parts for custom cars. You're more than just a person who sits behind a desk and takes orders. You're more than a beautician that gets to cut hair and make people look good. I've seen the power of God come crashing down on her and her, her, her weeping heart begin just to cry out for those who are in need. And for my oldest sister, Carrie, my first sister, mom, the one who could get me to go to Walmart anytime if she bought me a double cheeseburger. That was back when they still had a dollar menu. She probably wouldn't do that today. My prayer for Carrie is the ability to help people. The ability to make people smile. The love that she carries into each and every room when she brings a gift basket that's been sitting in a gift room for just this perfect occasion. She might have to blow the dust off of it, but it's going to make sense for when you get it. There's purity in you, Carrie. There's a love unmatchable, Carrie, that you bring with you. In everything that you do. And for my mother. 
My prayer for my mother is to her prayers to see her children and her grandchildren come to the fulfillment of what Jesus has in each and every one of our lives. No matter how far each and every one of us choose to walk away, Mama's still going to be there praying. Mama's still going to be there. She might aggravate us to the bone sometimes, but maybe that's just what we need. We need our bones to rattle a little bit with mom's prayers. Oh, yes, yes. Because she brought forth six children with my dad, who are all world changers, who are all at one point in time have had a relationship deep with Jesus Christ, our Savior. My prayer for my family is that they see the weight of what we really hold for our region. Wow. And my prayer for you as my family is that you see the same thing. Come on. That you see the weight that you don't carry, but the weight that you can disperse, the light that you can disperse and pour out on a generation that's lost, on a generation that doesn't want to, quote unquote, darken the doorsteps of a church. Yeah, come on, Curtis. There's, there's no mistake in why Apostle is so strong on knowing just how important the next generation is. Yeah. Because he's a father, first and foremost. That's right, that's right. He's a father. And he sees how important the generation that his sons are bringing to the earth. He sees how important the sons and daughters that he's sent out have an effect on the earth, not just America. There's strength in this next generation. There's beautiful, powerful strength in the generation to come. But it's going to take saints like you and me to come forth and let them know just what they carry. Just what they carry. Because as beautiful as my message was today and could have been because I had a loving mother and a loving father, I tell you what, there's kids out there that don't have a loving mom, that don't have a loving father. They're seeking the heart of God through a man and a woman. And it might just be one of you. It might just be one of you. Wow. Wow. If we could just stand and pray for a little bit. Father, I pray for the family salvation that is to come to this house. I pray for the siblings. I pray for the moms and the dads. I pray for the aunts and the uncles. I don't know their name, but you do. You see their face when their parents call them forth. You see their pure heart. Father God, You said with our prayers we can move mountains. With faith like a mustard seed. 
the world will change. Strength changes things. Not my strength, Lord, but yours. I don't pray for the conclusion of John the Baptist's life over me or my family, but I do pray for the vessel that he brought forth. The message that he brought forth. That opened blinded eyes. That when Jesus stepped on the picture and he brought forth the miraculous things, they were able to see. Because a man named John came forth and delivered a message of what was to come. I pray that if anybody in here or any person watching by live stream needs to feel the nail-pierced hands, needs to feel the heartbeat of Jesus, I pray that they feel it in their spirit right now, Lord. I pray that you come into that room and you shift what they need shifted and you change what they need changed. That you draw back the heart of the weary Strengthen the weak, Father God. Yes. Strengthen the weak in our families, Lord. Let us drop every religious duty we've ever thought we had to carry to bring pure love to those who need it. Let a conversation change just what you think of me. Let a pure conversation of how much I love you Change. I pray for the religious aspect that people think we have to be perfect to fall. I pray for the generation that seeks that imperfection, that seeks the heart of the man who just wants to be the man, just wants to be a man. I just want to have a heart to heart with you, son. I just want to talk to you. I don't need to quote scriptures and throw it in your face. I need you to hear my heart. Move the generations of men, of women, of sons and daughters, of fathers and mothers to steward what's to come. Let us understand the pure message what Jesus brought. The pure message of what his mother prayed for. And let us understand, although he died on the cross for each one of us, he didn't die merely because you were a lost sinner. He died because he saw the beautiful, wonderful, amazing creation in which you are. The beloved child. It wasn't the ugly and it wasn't the things that you screwed up that he went to the cross for. It was because he saw the potential of your heart. It was because he knew what his father created you for. Father, 
I thank you for the message that you brought forth today through me. I thank you for a family that was willing to sit and receive it. And I thank you for what this day truly represents. I pray that this day bring glory to your name. And I pray that the family here, the mother's cries, the mother's prayers, in Jesus' name. Man, all I can say is, wow. Curtis tells the story of her father being saved. That he would sneak off to a tent revival that his mom and dad told him not to go to. And he would sneak into that tent. And his I heard his grandfather tell the story of the man's voice would rumble. And his insides would move from what was being spoken out of that man was the word of God. That man's name was Lester Summerall. Curtis, your voice rumbled today. The same anointing that was on a Lester Summerall that saved your grandfather, that anointing was on you today. And it was powerful. And these words will not fall to the ground and not bring, these will bring fruit. What you two minister today will have fruit in this region and within your family. I'm telling you, I, I, there's a revival coming to the Biltz family. There's a revival coming to your home to your children and your grandchildren. I spell specifically, the oldest son is Isaac, right? I want us to to pray for Isaac right now. That young man's called to preach the gospel. I don't know where he's at. I don't know what he's doing. I've not had a conversation with you, but I pray for that young man this morning. God, I pray that your reckless love go and just wrap all around that young man. God, I pray that you begin to rejuvenate the call in his life to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to his generation, God. God, and let it go far beyond any denominational thinking. Let him preach the true gospel of the cross of Calvary of Jesus Christ. We say salvation is on that man. Salvation is in his mouth. Salvation shall be his words to a generation he will preach the salvation of Jesus Christ man wow 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 yes ma'am you're one of my neighborhood boys that's right there was a reason you came and hung out in our front yard for a long time that's right I did I used to hang out right in her front yard thankful that Brian Hahn lived across the street Brian Hahn is one of those neighborhood boys. So I pray for Brian and Wendy and Kendall this morning. God, we pray for Brian Hahn this morning in this house. God, and we just ask that the love of God go to the Hahn household this morning.
There's a reason, Adam, you prayed for Kendall on Friday morning prayer. So with these journals here, the Bible, I love that the last scripture text was God will keep his promises to Abraham. God will keep his promises to Abraham. God will keep his promises to you. And that's what this was in this room here today. This was just a great reminder of all God's promises are yes and amen. And when Curtis said this right here is just as much Bible, it's a journal, it's a written letter. God promised us that his word will not go void. So for every mother and every father in this room, God will keep his promise to you. The same way the scripture says he'll keep his promise to Abraham. And today was a great reminder. Today was an announcement of the promises of Jesus. Today was a John the Baptist moment in this place that God's promises are for you. And this just should give everybody in this room faith to believe that what you have been praying for, God will answer those prayers. And I feel that so strong in this room. Can you honor Mama Biltz and Curtis for bringing the word? Wow. Halfway through this preaching, Tina touched me on the arm and she's like, it is holy awe in this, it's captivating. It was captivating in this room today. And so with that being said, we honor every mom in the room, every grandmother. I changed up the game a little bit. I always get gifts for the moms and dads on Mother's and Father's Day. And so instead of getting a little trinket for your house, because I've been doing that for the last nine years, and you probably got enough of our little trinkets, we figured we would just help you get a jump start in your garden. So when you leave here today, please grab some of the flowers that are out on the table and uh, take that home and, and make your kids plant them today. So... It, Whatever it takes to plant those flowers, a spoon, your hands, whatever, you make that happen. So, but uh, will Curtis's family please just come up here? I just want Bridget, Papa Biltz, Katie, everybody, Jesse. I just want you all to go. Girls, you can go back to your seats. I know we did a whole lot of celebrating of the Biltz family here today, but we, man, we so honor the Knopf family as well. God knew what he was doing when he brought the Biltz and the Knopf family together that it would be answered prayers. Can we just honor this family together today? Absolutely incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Papa Biltz, you got anything on your heart? <laughs> we got to go eat you. All right. So I, I never want to miss an opportunity for him to just bless or say something to the people when you're in the room. A lot of wisdom you carry, sir. We honor that. Would you like to say something quickly? God is good, right? All the time. God is good. It's a joy to come here. It's just like another family, which is sweet. It's just a shuffle side of my family coming out, and I hate it. 
the doggone tears, like my one daughter would say, my eyes are leaking, Dad. <laughs> yeah, so am I. But it's a joy and a privilege to hear your son, as Roger and Pat do when they hear their son. And it fills your heart. But always remember this. No matter where you are, what you're doing, you're being watched. You claim to be a Christian. You claim to know God. Remember, you're being watched by those who are not. And those stumbling blocks that we fall over, those things that we, yeah, screw up, those are the things they remember. So my prayer for you and us is that we try to make sure we don't stumble. Or if we do something wrong, don't be afraid to apologize. Okay? It takes a bigger man to apologize and walk away from a fight. 30 years ago, I'd have punched the right square in the nose and that'd have been it. But that don't work today anymore. As much as I want to do that, I, I got to walk away. When I was a kid, I'd fight at the drop of a hat. And uh, uh, I dropped the hat, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a joy to be here and see the family of God. Another denomination, so what? The bottom line is we're all working together to lead people to Christ. That's the bottom line. Remember, we're doing a study at church, the few of us men, and I'm going to try to get it implemented in here. It's called Evangelistic Explosion. You may have heard of it. What it is, it's a process where we teach those interested to witness in a casual, calm setting, building a bridge of communication first, and then slowly implement biblical questions. And it's a joy to see myself study that I never thought I'd do again after I got out of school. <laughs> but it's just a joy to see the prospect that's available and again, changing gears, the future, Roger, is not new and I. The future is what was standing up here earlier on. And we have to be sure we do the best we can do for those that were standing here. Because that's how we grow. We sometimes water, we sometimes prune. And some of us get to harvest the souls that God puts in front of us. We wonder where Katie gets the feistiness from. <laughs> uh, just honor the Bills and Knopf family one more time. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Gate. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage.